If Monday evening, that can mean only one thing. The employment hour is indeed back on the air. Your phone calls 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell phone. We are standing by to take your calls. You have severance concerns, employment concerns. You've lost your job. You have questions, stuff you just don't know. You've never figured it out. You've been given misinformation or probably misinformation by a relative or a close pal or a golfing buddy. You want to give Leora a call tonight and get it completely straightened out between now and uh, 8 o'clock. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We're ready to uh, rock and roll. We always start out with the uh, the week that was, pal. How are things? It's great, although I'm not sure it's rock and roll. It's rock or roll, or roll potentially. Right. I don't know. I'm a bit slower today. But thank you very much, Johnny. <laughs> and happy to be back here and answering all these questions that we have every every week uh, about employment law and workplace rights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, if people that call me in the office call the show, we'd be having 60 at least calls in every show. A lot of people call me every single week in the office, email me. They want to know what their workplace rights. These are important things, of course. Your job is an important part of your life, of who you are, and you're going to have questions. Things are not always going to be rosy and peachy. Sometimes things happen that shouldn't happen. The law is quite good. I've said this last time on the show. Uh, the last law is quite good when it comes to protecting individual rights, but the law can't help you if you don't know what it is, if you don't right. let it help you. So that's why we're here to inform, educate, and, and hopefully teach a bit about the, uh, the the rights of everyone in the workplace. To start us off and get us uh, warmed up and uh, all nice and uh, ready for this the next hour, let mm-hmm. me talk about two situations that I dealt with uh, very, very recently over the past uh, few days. Uh, the first one, John, involved uh, a gentleman that had worked uh, in, a, in a factory environment uh, uh, in the shipping and receiving department for a while, and a few months ago, he went on a medical leave. Uh, he had uh, some serious uh, arthritis and some other issues that caused him to have to go off on the leave. Okay. Now, fortunately, after I think it was four or five months on, on a medical leave, he was, he was fine. He was cleared to return back to work, no limitations, no issues. Happily, he informed his employer, I'm cleared to return to work. Here is my, uh, my doctor's note. Uh, unfortunately, his employer says to him, yeah, no problem. We'll take you back to work. But we've decided that it's better for you to no longer be in the shipping and receiving department, uh, you, you're going to instead be driving uh, a forklift. Uh, we think it's an easier job for you, so we're going to put you in that job. Oh, and by the way, that job pays $3 an hour less uh-huh. than There's the, the job you previously had. <laughs> and uh, that's when he contacted me, and he said, well, what gives, Leo? I don't have any limitations. They've decided that it's better for me. Mm-hmm. Can they do that? Do I have to accept it? Well, John, of course, the answer was no. You do not have to accept this. It's not up to the company to decide what's best for you. The only one can, that can decide that is your doctor. And if your doctor says, hey, you have no limitations, they can't say, well, we think you do, so we're going to put you in a different job. And especially in this situation, because that different job paid less money, it's also a constructive dismissal. You can't simply decide that someone should be in a different job and then pay them less money because of that. So not only is there potentially a human rights issue because they wouldn't put him back in the same job, they've made assumptions about his medical condition, they've also constructively dismissed him and they owe him severance, full severance. So he was very happy that he doesn't have to take this forklift position. He didn't want to drive a forklift. He didn't want to make $3 an hour less money. He was very upset at his employer for treating him this way. And I'm going to be working with him over the next few days and and weeks to get him that compensation that he's owed. So remember, an employer can't change your job, can't pay you less, and they can't make assumptions about what you can and cannot do physically at work. Your doctor is the only one that can make those decisions, John. Smartest call he made, and here's uh, possibly another smart one. Got to Laura on the line. Hi, Laura. First question of the night. How are you? 
Fine, thank you. Good. What's your concern? I'm just curious about um, severance packages. Uh, with the company that I'm with, they have been letting some people go, and we don't know what the severance package is. It's all confidential. But if those per- people were to find a job, does that severance package, does that payment that they're getting stop? Good question. Excellent question. Now, it depends on the severance package because some packages are structured like this. We're going to pay you a lump sum, whatever that is, let's say 10 months pay, off you go. The nice thing about that, if you take the payment and the next day you find another job, well, then you're happy. You've done well. Some packages are structured differently. Instead of, I'm using 10 months as an example. Instead of saying, well, we'll give you a lump sum worth 10 months compensation, they'll say, we'll pay you over 10 months. We'll give you a check every two weeks, but if you find another job while we're still paying you, we'll cut you off and maybe we'll give you half of what's outstanding. So it depends how the severance package is structured. Strictly speaking, Laura, an employer is allowed to reduce the severance package if the employee finds another job. But here's the problem, Laura. The the question of whether you're getting a lump sum payment or if the money gets reduced if you find the job is the second question. Mm-hmm. The first question that should be asked is, is the package itself adequate? Are they paying the you or, or your colleagues for the appropriate amount of time? In most cases, Laura, I can tell you that someone that's owed, let's say I'm using 10 months as an example, someone that's owed 10 months severance is going to be offered four months, three months, two months, and that makes it a wrongful dismissal. So once we are able to negotiate the proper amount, then we can also negotiate some of the other terms with the employer. We can get them to waive that condition about finding another job and pay it as a lump sum payment. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned, Laura, about losing your job specifically? Uh, not yet, no. <laughs> not oh. at this point. Now, if you do, uh, I mentioned this before on the show if you're a listener, severancepaycalculator.com. You can always go to that to find out yeah. how much you're owed. Tell your colleagues the same thing because, mm-hmm. again, I, I don't know your colleagues. I don't know anything about your situation, but over 90% of people – are offered a lot less than what they're owed. So even without knowing anything about your colleagues, Laura, I'll tell you that over 90% of them are offered a lot less than what they should be offered. So tell them to check uh, their packages on severancepaycalculator.com. Give me a call if there's any issues or questions, uh, and then we can negotiate proper severance with your employer. Yeah, we got a few open lines. You want to give us a call? We'd love to, to talk to you today. You got severance employment concerns, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Reminder, help at employmenthour.com is a perfect email to use as well. So uh, we'll get to uh, Todd here in just a moment when the line becomes available once again. In the meantime, we'll get to uh, continue our discussion, pal, of uh, the rules of thumb that every employee must know. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. Big time. Very important rule. I actually call this my rule of thumb. As a lawyer, I always like to see things in, in writing. And you as an individual, you should follow the same rule. If you want something to be proven, if you want to establish something, you have to have it in writing. Now, not everyone's going to give you something in writing, so it's not always going to be that easy. So if someone is not giving you something in writing, but you wish you had it in writing, create the written record yourself. Do have a log or a journal where you keep notes contemporaneously. Send someone an email confirming what was said or what was done. Now, that applies if your employer tells you something that you want to have a record. Maybe they make you a promise about Mm -hmm. a future promotion. Maybe they make you a promise about a pay raise. Maybe they, they criticize you unfairly and you wish you had a record. Maybe you're being harassed. Someone's not talking properly to you. Right. Uh, and you know, later on, we may have to pursue a constructive dismissal or a human rights matter. 
They're not going to admit that they harassed you. So you want to have that written record. You want to keep it in writing. Send an email confirming to someone anything, John, and everything that an employee wants to have in writing, they should make a point to have that record. It makes it so much easier to enforce your workplace rights. If it's not in writing, it simply doesn't exist. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Todd, good evening. Hi. uh, I'm just calling to know, ask a question. Is there any kind of a... Like um, a minimum amount of money that you would make that makes it worthwhile to to, um, to make a call or to reach out to the severance pay calculator because hmm. I've reached out on two different occasions for my daughter who works in the food service industry in the past and in both cases when someone got back to us um, it was the the answer we got basically was you know uh, it's not worth your while to go to to go forward with with uh, with um, a claim. Yeah, she's and, been, and, and she's been offered two different two different uh, jobs. She's been working in the food service industry. The first one was for about two years, and they closed the place down. Uh, in the second place, she went away on a the second job was she went away on a vacation for six weeks. When she came back from vacation, um, which was okay, the vacation time was okay. Uh, when she came back from the vacation, she was told, "I hired two people while you were away, and I don't really have any shift for you." So. Um, I'll let you know. Bring back your uniform in the meantime. Hmm. Right. Now, Todd, how long had she worked there total? The first job was a little over two years, and they basically closed the place. They were moving to a different location, and the owner basically didn't bother to to restart the business. And the second time was about an eight-month job, um, and she's basically I, – I, I consider it a constructive dismissal, basically, because she's – Well, it's actually a, a regular dismissal. If they told her, oh. bring in your uniform, we'll let you know if we have work for you. That, that's a dismissal. So, yeah. it's, so it's eight months of employment. How old is your daughter? She's 27. 27, and probably making somewhere close to the minimum wage range? Yeah, it's the food service industry. So it yeah, it's the food like service $11, industry. $11, $12, $11, $12, something yeah. like that. And so, so, you know, someone in her situation, given the fact that it's, you know, it's an entry-level job, she's very young, not long, uh, hasn't worked there for very long, she's going to be out a few weeks pay, let's say a maximum of four weeks pay, somewhere in the two to four week probably is what I would assess her, Let, let's say four weeks pay. The problem is, with a company like this, you'd have to take legal action against them. And yeah. is a practical matter, is it worthwhile mm. doing? You know, it's a judgment call. I'm going to say it's probably not. The, the law here is simple. It's not a question of, of that. It's a question of is it worth pursuing given you know the, the amounts at stake, which are probably not large, and the hassle and, and the cost. You know, There's court filing fees in some of these situations. If we knew that the company is just going to say immediately, sure, here's a check, easy. But in some cases, uh, they're going to fight it. And in this case, they may think that if we call your bluff, so to speak, you're not going to do anything about it because it's not worth it for you to start a claim uh, and legal action. So in a case like this, Todd, it, it's, it's a tough one. It, it probably is not worth pursuing, not because she's not owed something, it's because the amount is small. And I understand that. And the question that I have is, what is the amount that makes it worthwhile? Right. You know, if, if, if the delta is going to be, uh, you know, over $5,000, it, it, it's probably worth it in, in many cases. Uh, you know, in somewhere in that range, it's, it's a judgment call, but a right around there. If the delta, the difference between what she's owed and what she's given is, is over five, it's worth pursuing being small claims with a letter or, or, or otherwise. You know, and, and it does depend. Uh, some cases it may be less, some cases more, but that's a number off the top of my head, about $5,000. 
Yeah, so if I work on the severance pay calculator and I come up with a number less than 5000 it's probably not worth my while to pursue it. Uh, you know, it depends. In many cases, it may not be. In some cases, if we assess it as being very straightforward, we can send a quick letter, takes no time, and get it resolved. Some cases, if we feel that we have to start legal action, no, it probably wouldn't make sense to start legal action for less than 5000 unless someone were to do it themselves. Please join us on the show. Open lines, ready to talk to you. Email as well, help at theemploymenthour.com and severancepaycalculator.com. If you want to know what your severance package should be worth, we'd love to uh, have you check it out like literally hundreds of thousands of people have. We were talking about our discussion tonight, Lior, a discussion of the uh, rules of thumb that every employee must know. Next one, and this one's a good one. You hear this all the time. There is no such thing as, quote, job security. No, there really isn't. And for a lot of people, John, that's a shock. A lot of people believe, and I can understand why, that, hey, if I didn't do anything wrong, I have a job, and I have a job until I decide to quit that job, right. and, you know, potentially for life. Unfortunately, that's not the case. It's not the case from a legal standpoint. Why? Because an employer does have a right to let you go at any time and for any reason. And if you think about that, if you know that your employer can let you go at any time for any reason, the reality is you don't have job security because you're, you're there at the whim of the employer. Now, I always talk about severance, and most people, John, when they call me when they lost their job, they're not actually calling me about severance. They're calling me because they're upset they lost their job. I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, How dare they? Exactly. My employer was unreasonable. I never had a bad performance review, only good ones. They let me go. Clearly, I was wrong. Don't talk to me about the severance nonsense, Lior. (laughs) I want my job back. Well, here's the thing, John, and and I've said this before on the show. You cannot get your job back. Legally speaking, an employer can let you go at any time and for any reason as long as severance is paid. So your employer's done nothing wrong from a legal standpoint if they let you go with no reason. Now, maybe they shouldn't do that from a business standpoint, moral, ethical, etc., but legally they can do that. That's why I always take the focus on the severance because what makes it a wrongful dismissal is the fact that you were let go and have not been offered or paid your proper severance, like 90-plus percent of people. So there's no such thing as job security. You always understand and always have to make sure that you you look after yourself because that's what the employer does. Uh, You may lose your job even if you've done nothing wrong. If that happens, we have to make sure you get severance because it's that severance, that money that's going to carry you until you find another job. If that money runs out and you haven't found another job, hey, we have a problem there. That's what we always have to make sure severance is adequate. In most cases, it's not. We have to negotiate it. The good news is, John, it's not difficult. 416-870-6400, star 640 is the cell. If you want to call through, you got a question or an opinion, we'd love to hear it about you. We're talking about the rules of thumb. If you're an employee, which most of us are, you must know these. Uh, this one's almost a guarantee that your severance offer is inadequate. Yes, and that's the rule you have to live by. If you've lost your job, you've just been handed a paper, you don't need to look at it to know that it's not adequate. You don't need to look at it. That's your rule of thumb. It's inadequate. You want to check yourself, you call me. You want to check yourself, go to severancepaycalculator.com. So many people, John, assume that it is adequate because they trust their employer or they got some information from their Uncle Steve uh, and they feel that it is appropriate. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That's the rule. Your severed offer is inadequate. Before you open the envelope, you know that, okay? Over 90-plus percent of people, and it's probably 100% of people, where it's at least slightly inadequate. For 90% of people, it's significantly inadequate. So that's an important rule. If you lost your job, you have to get that advice because you know that rule. Your severance offer is not adequate, and, and it's your responsibility to make sure it's proper. 
How many times, John, have we spoke with people on the show that have either accepted their severance offer, now it's too late to do anything about it, or this termination happened more than two years ago, right. and now the limitation period has expired. So what's the rule? If you are lost your job, you just assume, you know your severance package is inadequate. Now the work starts. Now we have to make sure that it, that it is adequate. Talking about the rule of thumbs, every employee must know. Here's another one. You think you're about to lose your job. Well, your spidey sense is probably accurate. You're probably going to lose your job. John, in 15 years, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of people that have called me because they thought they were concerned about losing their job. They felt it coming down the pike, and they were calling me about that. In almost every one of those cases, mm-hmm. it turned out to be correct. Right. If you, as you said, your spidey sense is tingling and you feel something's coming down the pike, it probably is. So be prepared for that. Uh, be Understand that that's going to happen. So let's get ready for it. Let's get our, term, our, our uh, employment agreements, offers of employment handy. If there were performance issues, let's get documents pertaining to that. Uh, if there was performance reviews or performance improvement plans, if there's a bonus plan document, let's get that. Uh, any documents that we need to have, if there's a harassment issue, let's make sure we have all our ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. Be prepared for that termination meeting. What, which I don't want you to do, don't go off on a medical leave of absence to try to avoid it. That's not going to work. But if you're concerned about losing your job, you see it coming, it's probably going to happen. Be prepared for it. And when it does come, give me a call. Hey, John, we'll slide you in here quick before the break. How are you, pal? Good. What's your concern? Yeah, I'm on long-term disability right now, and I'm soon going to be able to come back to work. But my, I'm I'm up for retirement as of September 1st, so if I'm not back to work before that date i'll probably they'll probably just give me my retirement and say Mm -hmm. see you later is that legal or can i still come back to work after that date absolutely you can come back to work it's not up to them to decide when you get to collect your retirement benefits under your pension it's up to you Uh, so they can't decide well now you're, you're eligible under the plan so you're gone no chance if they do that it's a termination which and potentially a human rights violation so not only would you be owed severance potentially human rights damages, you'd still be owed your pension. So no, they can't do that. If you if you decide that you're not coming back to work and you're going to draw on your pension, that's your call, no problem. But they can't make that decision for you. Uh, and if they do, you give me a call. Make sure that they know that you want to come back to work. Make sure that they're not assuming anything. So if you know you're coming back to work, let them know that as soon as my doctor clears me, whether that's today, tomorrow, or in six months, I want to come back to work. Does that make sense, John? What's a reasonable time for them, for me to say before I come back? Well, it's really up to your doctor to decide when you're coming back to work. Mm -hmm. How long have you been off? Um, Almost two years. Okay. So as long as you tell them that you're working, coming back to work, and as long as the doctor has not closed the door on that, then they have to allow you to to come back even if it's another year from now. Uh, the, the thing is, if you've been off for two years and your doctor is saying it's not likely that you're going to be coming back to work at any point, then they can pull the trigger. Then they can say you're gone. But as long as the doctor is saying you're working to come back to work, it's going to happen. They have to allow it. Even if it gets extended, they can't pull the trigger. They can't let you go without compensation. They can't just consider you to have retired. Okay. Okay, thanks, John. I appreciate that. Moving forward, you need to get a hold of Lior. It's 1-855-821-5900. Take a short break. Got lots more coming up here. The rules of thumb every employee must know and your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell phone.
That number, 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on your cell at 736. you got lots of time to call us and get your questions on the air, concerns about employment, severance, whatever, bring it on. We'd love to talk to you tonight. In the meantime, severancepaycalculator.com. That'll take you to the place where you can check out in like 30 seconds how much your severance offer should be. Your full entitlements are listed after you go through some basic calculations, some inputting, and uh, you'll get the right number. It'll be surprising, but it is the right number. We're talking about the uh, rules of thumb that every employee must know. Another one. I love this one. This is the T-shirt, the bumper sticker, the banner behind the plane, and that is don't mess with mama. And, and copyright schools in San Fierro. That's okay? right. Let's, let's, I don't want to see some money on this baby. Us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, all fun and jokes aside, John, this is an extremely, extremely important one. And it's one that I almost feel silly talking about because it should be so obvious, right. yet it isn't. For some reason, I still have every single week matters dealing with parental leave, maternity leave, pregnancy leave. So let, let's make it clear. What's the rule? The rule is so, so simple. If you're pregnant, if you're about to take a pregnancy leave, a parental leave, no, nothing can happen to you. No one can do anything to you. So you can't be disciplined. You can't be demoted. Uh, you can't be threatened uh, or pressured. Uh, you can't be let go, of course. When you're ready to come back from your ma- uh, maternity leave, no, the employer can't take you to a different position, mm-hmm. can't reduce your pay. They can't decide that they like the replacement better than you. See the word can't. I've used that word many times because that's the thing. An employer cannot do anything to a, to you. Mother, father, doesn't matter if you're taking a leave of absence because of a baby. Parental leave, pregnancy leave, maternity, maternity leave. So many employers do that wrong. They think, well, we don't have to. We can take you back to a different position or we don't have to take you back at all. Or I've even seen many cases where employers try to uh, say, well, we're going to let this person go uh, after she told us about the uh, maternity leave, but we're going to try to find a different excuse. Let, let's write her up. Let's make her look like she's a bad employee and then have an excuse to let her go. Well, none of that works. It's illegal. Both the Human Rights Code and the Employment Standards Act make it very, very clear that you do not mess with mama. Okay, You just don't. Uh, and hopefully I won't have to talk about this topic uh, that much more. So from now on, hopefully we all know about that. If that is your issue, if your employer does anything to you as a result of your pregnancy or parental leave, you give me a call. We'll take care of it. 416-870-6400-640 on sale. you still got some time to call through and uh, get your questions answered or your concerns. Bring them on. We'd love to, uh, love to talk to you here, talking about the rules of thumb that every employee must know. If you accept a change to the terms of employment, then you've accepted a change to the terms of employment. Yeah, so you've and, and it. I don't know exactly. I don't know why that that's not obvious, but but the rule is very simple. If you have accepted a change, if your employer is changing the terms of employment and you've decided to accept it and continue working, then you've accepted it. Mm. And what acceptance means, once you've accepted it, you can't then go back. So if you've now taken a pay cut, then guess what? This new pay that you've agreed to, the lower pay, becomes the term of employment and you can't change it back. So you only have one kick at the can. If your employer changes the the terms of your employment, be it a demotion, be it a pay decrease, a a relocation, uh, a realignment, there's all kinds of words that employers use. If that's not something that works for you, you potentially have one kick at the can and say, I'm not going to accept that. And if the employer decides that they're going to do it anyway, you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. But once you've accepted it, you can't go back. You can't say, well... I now realize that it was a bad idea on my part six months ago when I accepted that demotion or the pay decrease. So I'm, I'm going to say now it's a constructive dismissal. It doesn't work that way because you've accepted it. 
the other bad thing, of course, we know, John, if you've accepted a change to the terms of employment, is now potentially you've, done, you've given your employer the right to do it again and again. So you took the one pay decrease to be a good soldier and, and to be a good team player, but by taking that pay decrease, you may now have given them the right to do it again and again, and then you'll never be able to pursue a constructive right. dismissal. So don't accept a change to the terms of employment unless you're prepared to live with it, unless you're sure it's the right thing for you. If you want to know if it's, you should or how you don't accept the change, give me a call. Let's talk about it. But once you've accepted, it's too late to do anything about it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Call us now. We've still got some time to talk to Lior for the remainder of the show. We'll take a short break, get right back into it. And during the break, you can check out severancepaycalculator.com as well. Taking your calls now, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We were talking about the rules of thumb that every employee must know. The next one, pardon me, in the list, temporary layoffs are illegal. Underline that, illegal. They're illegal. And and this is such an important rule, and this is one that, uh, unlike maternity leaves, I know I'll be talking about forever because employees and employers are always going to get this wrong. Uh, And, and, you know, it's it's confusing. It could be confusing. A lot of people think that I haven't been let go. I've just been laid off temporarily. So let's make it clear. In a non-union situation, so if you're not part of a union, a temporary layoff is a termination, which means it's not legal. An employer doesn't have an inherent right to lay you off temporarily, to just essentially suspend your employment for a period of time. So if you've been laid off temporarily, that means you have a choice. You can allow them to do it. You can decide to wait and hope that they'll call you back and and, uh, then you continue working. Or you treat your employment as being terminated right away, right now, as soon as it happens, and you get your severance. The problem, John, I've said this before, in, in allowing them to do it is by allowing them to do it and waiting that they call you back is that once you've allowed them to do it once, arguably you've giving them the right to do it again in the future. And now potentially every year you may be laid off for a few months. Not a good idea. So a temporary layoff in a non-union environment, the rule is it's a termination. It's illegal. An employer cannot do that. You're better off getting severance and not continuing to work and giving your employer the right to do it again and again and again. So what is a temporary layoff? Illegal. It's a termination. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number you want to call through between now and 8 o'clock. We'd love to have a chit-chat with you. We're talking about the rules of thumb that every employee should know. You don't have to accept, it sounds obvious again, you don't have to accept an abusive work environment. Yeah, you don't have to accept an abusive work environment. And so when I say a rule, I'm not saying that people don't know that. I'm assuming everyone will understand they don't have to accept it. But a lot of people don't know that the law is actually quite good when it comes to the to workplace harassment. Uh, the law is quite good, extensive. There's protections under the Employment Standards Act, under workplace, safety, uh, workplace Health and Safety Act, under the Human Rights Code in some situations. So not only do you, should you not accept that, not only should you not accept a uh, temp- uh, uh, workplace harassment situation, you can do something about it. You can potentially remove yourself and get severance. There's potentially a human rights complaint that you can file. So as long as you can document, like we've talked about it before, never suffer quietly. Try to resolve the matter internally. If you cannot, give me a call. I can either help you resolve it or I can get you out of there with compensation, John. Got uh, Jeff on the line in Toronto. Hi, Jeff. How are you, pal? Fine, thank you. What's your, what's your concern? I'm a salary employee in the hospitality field and I was, as a manager. I was just wondering, uh, is there a maximum hours I, I should be able to work or... 
So a maximum hour. So a maximum hours is sixty a week generally. Anything over forty-eight hours a week, you have to agree to, and even the Ministry of Labor has to provide approval for. Mm. So the maximum generally that you can work is sixty six zero hours a week in, in in that industry. Some other industry may have exceptions, but sixty hours the maximum. So if I work sixty hours, would I get uh, extra pay for the twelve hours difference, like from forty-eight hours to sixty, or? Well, are you an hourly paid employee? No, salary. So, and you're a manager? Yes. So, unfortunately, managers are exempt from overtime. Okay. So, yeah. uh, unless you have a, an agreement in writing or otherwise with your employer that they'll pay you extra for extra hours, they actually don't have to pay you extra because as a manager, you're exempt from overtime. Okay. And uh, because of that, uh, there's going to be no extra hours for you. Whereas if you were a regular employee, non manager, whether you're a salary or hourly, you would have gotten overtime over 44 hours a week. Okay. That's all I wanted to ask you. No worries. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Doug, you're up. How are you, pal? Pretty good. Yourself? Good. What's happening with you? Um, I just wanted to clarify something. You mentioned earlier that in a strike in a non-union environment is illegal. Or no, a layoff in a non-union environment layoff. is illegal. Yeah. What happens if it's a union environment, it's a strike, and the non-union employees are laid off because the company shuts down? So uh, if, if the non-union employees are laid off, they're all owed severance, the, the non-union employees. So it doesn't matter what the reason is. doesn't matter if it's because there's a strike. Those employees are owed severance. Uh, they don't have to accept a layoff if, if the idea is we're going to just lay you guys off temporarily until the strike is over. Those employees can still treat their employment as being terminated and get severance. They don't have to wait. They don't have to hope and pray that the strike will be over. They can consider themselves terminated and get their full severance right away. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. We'll take a a short break, our last one for the evening here, and uh, your last few minutes. If you want to get your calls in, bring them on. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'd love to talk to you here on the employment hour. Topic so far tonight between the phone calls has been the rules of thumb that every employee must know. And the last one in this line is you can't be fired for cause just because you screwed up. (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it, it's such an important rule, yeah. man. And I could, I could do just cause cases for the rest of my life, still be extremely busy because employers always often, I should say, pull the trigger on terminations for cause well before they should. Right. It is extremely difficult to terminate for cause. It's the worst penalty for the worst offender. So you may have done something wrong, maybe even a few things wrong. You've screwed up, okay? It doesn't mean that you can be fired for cause. It means you could potentially still be let go, but that's without cause, and you have to get full severance. You can only be fired for cause if you did something so bad, so awful, that it's just impossible to continue employing you. In most cases, employers pull the trigger before they should. That's a wrongful dismissal. Mm -hmm. So don't assume, just because you did something wrong and your employer says they're letting you go for cause, don't assume that it's right. In most cases, it's wrong. You have to give me a call. Let's talk about it. Let's find out if what you did is actually cause. Most cases, the answer is going to be no. Kelly, welcome to the uh, to the show. What's your concern tonight? Um, I'm just calling to to find out um, if you, when you are fired, is it, can you always get a severance package or a termination pay? I, I don't. I, I there there was no severance package or termination uh, pay offered in the letter that followed the termination for yourself um actually it's for somebody else okay. i'm calling for somebody else okay D- do you know why they were let go um 
Yeah, it's kind of a um, – they said that it was um, dishonesty because uh, they had done um, some uh, – uh, how do I say this? They mm-hmm. um, did some computer work for somebody else. Some, okay. Like women so I, I understand what, what you're saying, Kelly. So this is what I was touching on, but, on right before uh, we took your call, and that is the fact that the, the employer in that case is potentially saying that they let your friend go for cause. Right. Now, yes. the only way someone can be let go without severance is if, in fact, there is cause. In other words, your friend would have had to do something so bad, so awful, that it, it allows them to let be let go for cause. Right. So I would need to know what your friend did or, or didn't do. Mm-hmm. I would need to know how bad it was. And what, was it a one-time thing? Was it more than one time? It was a one-time thing. In other words, thing, what yeah. I'm trying to assess is whether your friend is deserving of the worst penalty. Mm-hmm. Maybe your friend did something wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. even something mm, quite wrong. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he has he has the ability or the employer has the ability to let him go without severance. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to your friend because it is very difficult to terminate someone for cause. And Kelly, cause is all or nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as almost cause so, you know, you still don't have to pay severance. Either there's cause 100% or there's no cause at all. So I would want to speak to your friend, find out why he or she was let go. And on that basis, I can assess whether that was cause. And if it wasn't, then I can help them get their full severance. Okay. Kelly, just as an aside, your, uh, your friend, uh, age, length of employment, and what did they do for a living? Um, she is 24 okay. and she worked for four years. Um, at this job, um, three of the four years were part time, and one one year was full time. What was she doing? She was a um, server in a retirement home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because she's young, someone in her situation probably looking at about three months, maybe as much as four months pay tops. Three months or so is what I would assess her. If she was, you know, few, older, it could have been six months, but. That's still better than, than nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she really does need to give me a call. Okay. All right, Kelly, I appreciate the call and an excellent call uh, there as well. Uh, pretty much uh, going to wrap it for tonight. Uh, we got, uh, you know, well, we just did the cost thing. Give us the uh, severance pay calculator one more time, pal. Yeah. For, for, for Kelly and her friend, mm-hmm. anyone out there listening, if you lost your job, you want to know how much you owed, or you haven't lost your job, but you're wondering uh, what, what you should get, or maybe your friend lost their job and you want to have an idea what they should be owed severancepaycalculator.com is the place to go to. You find out how much you're owed. Uh, you input your age, your position, and the length of your employment. It takes a few seconds. It's free. It's anonymous. Always, always, John, the very first place anyone goes to if they lose their job, severancepaycalculator.com. If you had questions weren't answered tonight, you can get a chance to call through. You can also go to terminationquestions.com as well. There's a drop-down menu. You can ask your question. Lior personally will answer that one. Until next time, the number to get a hold of Lior, uh, 1-855-821-5900. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Till uh, Wednesday, we're back here, 7 o'clock, the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640.